That's a groovy button. What does it say? All right. The button says, I'll talk, you listen. Okay, Professor, give with the latest episode number. Uh, uh 212 Green. What do you mean, 212 Green? Professor, you see my... Try again, Professor. 47 Plaid. Would you believe? No, try episode... What comes after three, Professor? 7A. No, that's the wrong song. Uh, oh, oh, you mean... Uh, let's see, 2 plus 7... Uh, Here the knot. You're right, that's 70... Negative 20 integers uh, uh, divided by 7... Oh, it's 4! Very good, Professor, very good. Only took you, what, an hour and a half? Do I get a cookie? No, you don't get a cookie. You gotta give me a cookie. Do I get a button? Well, I'm Al Bigley. And I'm Alan Williams. And it's time for... Uh, uh, a brilliant idea. Well? That's what we need, a brilliant idea. Well, where are we gonna get that? Mickey. Save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Mickey. Save, Save the, the Texas, Texas Prairie, Prairie Chicken. Chicken. I've got it. I can't think with this bulb hanging over my head. The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion! Isn't that dumb? And with that, we welcome you to episode four of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. And this is Al Bigley, better known as Brewster Bentley. And I'm Alan Bentley, Brewster Williams. How are you, pal of mine? I'm good, I'm good. Welcome everybody to another installment of the fun-filled, fabulous Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion podcast. It's amazing. I can't believe we've actually gotten to four because I didn't think we were going to get through with three. Oh, well. Two was the long one, remember. Three was uh, not not bad. Although making that video, which you can still see on YouTube, was uh, quite the lengthy uh, endeavor. I've heard of tedium, but that's ridiculous. Well, imagine how the audience feels. But we, uh, we, before we get started, we want to take time to wish er- you and everybody that's listening out there, whether you celebrate Hanukkah, whether you celebrate Christmas, whether you celebrate Kwanzaa, we want to wish you the happiest holidays. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and Happy Kwanzaa. Festivus for the rest of us. Serenity now! Who is this person? That's right. Happy holidays, everybody. Hopefully this will be out uh, before Christmas 2016, if not Christmas 2017. So it's appropriate for everyone. Absolutely. Well, it's nice to see you again. It's been a couple of weeks since you and I have got together, and I understand you have some very interesting topics that you'd like to discuss amongst the masses today. Yeah. One of my topics is... uh, Peanut butter. You ever wonder why they don't sell peanut butter in like those big drums, like the big steel drums, and you like take the wrench? Oh, and monkeys topics. So give me that, that hand signal. PB&J and a drum. Right. <laughs> um, mustard mayonnaise. That's for you Mr. Show fans out there. No, I was listening to, of course, what else? Ken Mills Zilch Monkeys podcast. And this was when uh, the gang was reviewing Pisces Aquarius and... Um, the, the folks brought up Cuddly Toy, which we all know what that is, of course. Mm-hmm. And somebody mentioned an incident that I kind of recall sort of, and that's that Mick Jagger in the late 60s, under fire for the Rolling Stones' very uh, explicit lyrics for the time. I mean, listen to Satisfaction, and yeah, that's pretty pretty explicit. He, was, he said to some of his critics or some of the censors, like, can you do Mick Jagger? He said, how come the monkeys get to do that? And we, they don't get any fire. Why is it that the monkeys get away with to- cuddly toy and we don't get away with let's spend the night together? I mean, really? That could also be Keith Richards. We record and... Anyway. I, That's Keith Richards. I, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, sound like you just had peanut butter stuck in your mouth. Speaking of peanut butter. No. Um, 
I seem to remember hearing that. And of course, we all know why they got away with it. Of course, it's Davey doing his little soft shoe, and it's a little tinkly, jingly song. And until you look at the lyrics, yeah. that's when your jaw drops, and you're like, how did they get away with this? But wouldn't that be something if that, that happened? I guess maybe we should research that. If we start talking about it, and we can still research it. But I think that's very interesting. That mm-hmm. Truth be told, I've actually never heard that before. I've But I was not the biggest Stones fan growing up. You right, know. right. All man. right. Yeah. Um, but, that, but, you know, you can see Mick being aware, because he's always been aware of all types of music um, through, through the different decades. So I wonder if he really said that and said, look, look at these, what these guys are singing about, and they don't get any fire. And we say, you know, I can't get no girl reaction. And, you know, we're, we're banned on seven radio stations. I'll never be able to, we'll never do the Ed Sullivan show again. Right. Baby, we couldn't get much higher. <laughs> Here's another thing I wanted to bring up real quickly. I'm kind of a sort of a Jerry Lewis fan. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, like most American males. If I were French, it would be a different story. Oh, nice lady. No letters, please. Um, and one thing I'm going to give to you is a DVD I've been watching recently. It's Jerry and Dean on the Colgate Comedy Hour. Early on in the team's um, career, the, the team's relationship. But I am now convinced that Mickey Dolenz took all his comedic timing and his faces and his mugging from Jerry Lewis. And if you look at Jerry... I mean, imagine Jerry being scared. I, of course, I can't do this audio-wise. Huh? Right? Thank you. The monkey's scared. The old monkey's scared. Um, you scared the dog. It's all taken from Jerry, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I've had this little epiphany, like, look at that. Well, it's funny that you should say that because Peter, in the very beginning, has talked about when he first met Mickey, it was all Reader's Digest type. Uh, Mainstream. It was right out of the Reader's Digest, and Peter has said that Mickey has developed his sense of humor over the years so it would not surprise me at all because let's be honest there hasn't been an original thought in hollywood since 1927 everybody rips off everybody else so i mean and i can't think of a if you're going to mug somebody if you're going to take their facial expressions and everything i wouldn't think twice about jerry lewis because the fact he's 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 the master he's that good he is i'm a big fan I mean, and and that's well i won't go i won't go down the animaniacs road but that's a different story for a different time Think of Mickey's face when he does the, isn't that dumb? Isn't that dumb? Isn't it's Jerry that Lewis. Dumb. Yeah, it is. And when somebody, you know, his magic fingers get slammed, that's Jerry Lewis. You mentioned 1927. Oh my God, did you see that Clara Bow? Did you see her legs? I don't, I mean, recently. I always looked, I was, I was a Ziegfeld man myself. I always oh loved the Ziegfeld follies. Somebody said they could sell me pictures of her legs today. I don't know how they're doing that, but I don't think I want to know. Another thing... I think she would be a little bit bony today, if you know oh, what I'm saying. Oh, some of us like bony. Oh, my... Oh, don't get me started. I need to be alone again. No, another thing. There's a segment, of course, Jerry and Dean did musical segments. Mm-hmm. They did, you could argue, some of the first music videos. Although, like Mickey says, what are plays, mm-hmm. Broadway plays, whatever. They're all music videos. Well, if you remember, uh, I mean, uh, very few people... Well, I don't know how many people will remember this, but Jerry Lewis actually had a top ten hit uh, called Rockabye Your Baby with a Dixie Melody. Right. That was that became a song for a while. But my point is, on one of these Colgate comedy hours, Jerry is lip syncing to a certain wacky song. He seems tired of lip syncing. What does he do? He starts to cover his mouth and he starts to make it very obvious that he's singing to a record, much like a certain somebody else. Oh, you mean the fact that he can't remember what he, he can't remember what he the, he can't remember the exact. Uh, you can't scat, remember. I can't remember anything. <laughs> Take the two. Exact, <laughs> the exact scat ad lib that he did. Well, this in no isn't. Time. This isn't. Well, no, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. I, 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 this I'm, is Jerry doing yes. doing a very simple song, but he's you know he's doing all that. So I wonder if Mickey 
that was a big influence. I'm sure it was. Who wasn't influenced at that in that period coming up? Of course. Mickey was such a little ham. You know, I'm sure he saw every Jerry Lewis movie. Mm-hmm. But that ends my random topics. I just want to bring those things up and send them out there. If people want to chime in on that, you can do so on our Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Facebook page. <gasps> Or our blog spot page or any place you find us on the internet. Absolutely. And also, don't forget, we did start a YouTube page. Go to YouTube and check out, uh, search Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Uh, there's an 18-minute excerpt from our last podcast. Now We decided to try to convert to a video to see if it's a way for us to reach out to more people. So if you take a second, go out there, check it out. Do us a favor, whether it's positive or negative, leave us a review or just uh, mention on the Facebook page that you saw it. That's right. It's a lot of fun. It's supposed to be the visual companion to what we do here, audio-wise, kind of like a. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah, well, Let me. You mean like a TV parts home companion version of hey. the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion, Mikey's hey. podcast? I'm getting an idea. Yes, there you go. Be careful! He's liable to sue for copyright infringement. Uh, yes, yes, he is. Um. Anyway, let's move on to today's topic. All right. So for the main topic to discuss this week, um, we have always been a fan of headquarters. But you and I have talked that there are some changes, I think, that Screen James didn't make mm-hmm. that they should have made to make headquarters. Uh, and, and I can't help but wonder if they didn't do it consciously mm-hmm. to prevent headquarters from being as big, big of a success as the first two albums. Just to say, you can make your own music, but we'll show you. We're still in charge of it. So, Well, one thing I believe you're hinting at is the fact that no singles mm-hmm. were released from it. Now, we have to keep in mind, too... Headquarters hits during summer reruns time, so there may have not been that synergistic push. Where's that? Thesaurus again? Do you mm-hmm. have it? This is my turn. My week to have it. No, um, there may not have been that push to really have a single and have a big hit that ties in with the show, and the show could hype it. Now, growing up, of course, I in the 70s, I saw the summer 67 reruns. They mm-hmm. had Forget That Girl and had yeah. Girl I Knew Somewhere, and to me, it's weird For to see them all that, yeah. no with, those, with those songs from the first two because um, how many times can you have I'm a Believer plugged into the, the video romp? You know? True. Um, I also think that they, well, we talked about this. The biggest mistake that they made was being cheap. And I'll explain why. Because a lot of you, if you've listened to the headquarters sessions, and I know all of you great fans have that, um, the monkey single that never was has always been All of Your Toys, written by Bill Martin. Um, and I've heard Chip, and since we plugged the, the Monkey's Hour last, last podcast. Right. Still working on that. Um, still by working way. on that, by the way. Um, they did an interview with Chip, and he talked about that. And I can't remember the guy's first name, but the guy who owned the publishing rights, his last name was Tickner, for Eddie Tickner or Charlie Tickner, something like that. And he knew that the Monkees wanted. I think Nez wanted it especially because it, it's a really great pop tune. Um, and he basically held. He, he basically played chicken with the Monkees, and the Monkees blinked. Because they said, nah, we don't need it. To me, that would have been the the essence of the way the monkeys were. It was, it was a pop tune, but they could record it her way. I'm, I'm glad that we got to see it on the um, on the last tour with Davey. They finally, they finally broke it out. Um, because it, it, it's a very good pop tune. I'm not sure it would have been on top for seven weeks, but it would have given I'm a Believer a run for its money. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was... They left The Girl I Knew Somewhere off the album, which to me was a slap in the face. Because if you look at all the songs that are there, um, other than For Pete's Sake, 
I think The Girl I Knew Somewhere was the best pop tune, even though it got released as the B-side. It should have been the A-side off of Headquarters. What was on the other side? Um, Words? No. No. I suppose I'm Sunday. No, that was um, that was the B-side. The Well, that goes back to the story that Nez told that he was going to quit if he did, if the B-side of Little Bit Me, Little Bit You, you wasn't his song. His song. So Sitting in the car. That's right. You, you're about it. to witness history. Phyllis, if, it, if, Phyllis? If, if Phyllis, if this ain't, if I hear the first, if I hear the first <laughs> lyrics of, uh, if I don't hear the first lyrics of Girl I Knew Somewhere, we're done. If it's some Davey song he recorded with Kirshner up in New York City, yeah, I'll go New join, York City. No, I'm, I'm going to go join the birds. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, now, wait a minute. We dispelled that rumor in the very first podcast. See how tricky I am? It's like Marvel Comics with the asterisk box. Like, of course. See yes. Amazing Spider-Man number 42 for that, true believers. See, see the Texas Prairie Chicken po- uh, Home Companion podcast number one for that Mythbuster. That's how you're going to spend your afternoon. That's right. Now, let's talk about all of your toys. The Great mm-hmm. Lost mm-hmm. Monkey Made Song. I don't know. I don't understand what Lester was thinking. I, not being there, not being. I, I I don't know what Mr. Tickner was asking for or what Lester was willing to pay for it. But I mean, if I was Mike, I'm gonna go in there and say, Charlie, I'm gonna give you a half a point of my stuff to get it. And it's like, if Mike believed in it that much, why didn't he step up and try to get it? Or it was you know Tickner's price just way too high? But thank goodness that you know Andrew and Rhino, Rhino found it and then he gave it to us on uh, Missing Links Two. Actually, it's one. One. Okay. Yep. Now, I think you're a little more impressed with the song than I am. I like it a great deal. It's very monkeys-like for that period. Mm-hmm. But to me, it almost feels unfinished. It feels a little rough, and I know it is because this is a band that's just been you know woodshedding. Well, again, it was their first. It was, right. it was their very first exactly. recording sessions As together. A force, but. Yeah. But I, I've always loved Girl I Knew Somewhere because mm-hmm. that is a poppy tune, but it's adventurous. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite fit into, I mean, yes, it's got the monkey's harpsichord, but mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like another retread of Last Dream to Clarksville. Mm-hmm. It's this thing that is... Or it doesn't sound like a sped up version of Teardrop City. Right. Um, it's this thing that exists on its own almost, which, which, which is exciting. Which is your favorite version, Mike's or Mickey's vocal? I like them both. I think I got to go with Mickey. And I love on the headquarters, handmade set, all those wonderful versions and you know, maybe the remix for this should be my remix of Girl I Knew Somewhere. Because mm-hmm. um, they gave us so many wonderful versions of the run-throughs and the mm-hmm. the practice sessions. And, and there are things I'd, I'd never heard before. But it's interesting, that and that's talking about the headquarters sessions CDs. That's one thing I really like. When you're listening to them doing the, uh, when you're listening to the to laying down the background tracks for especially all of your toys, you hear what kind of, of a musician Peter is because he throws in that little glissando there. That What's that? No, man, don't do that. It's too fancy. Don't do I, I had a glissando for lunch two days ago. Was it meatless? It was meatless. A little Italian place. <laughs> um, special order. No, it's all good stuff. Um, do you think headquarters would have been better with those songs? Now, let me ask you this. Do you think the guys, once they're doing headquarters and in the thick of it, do you think they look back and said, we've, we've come a long way just making this album. Let's not include especially all of your toys because we've progressed even from that? No. No? I think I think it did I think Screen Gems did them a disservice by not including see we talked about this if I'm going to re- if I'm going to remarket headquarters I'm going to take out Mr. Webster mm-hmm. and I'm going to take out I'll never get her off of my I can't get her off of my mind yeah me too and I'm going to insert Mickey's version of the girl I knew somewhere and I'm going to insert all of your toys yeah now to me if you're going to release it as singles there are two two there are two schools of thought I would have released I would have released all of your toys Backed it with, um, backed it with. Um, oh Lord, just went blank. Um, 
I'll spend my life with you. Yes. Because yes. I'll spend my life with you is probably the best ballad on there. Then nice. I would have I would have re-released Girl I Knew Somewhere as an A-side and back it with for Pete's sake. I don't think I can argue with that. Now I I'm like you, I don't care for Mr. Webster. But I don't have a problem with Can't Get Her Off My Mind because you gotta have the Davy number, the soft shoe number, and it's not that offensive in that light. But every other track on there, I think, is a winner. I mean, uh, and, and the Zilch group was talking about how much Mike dominates Pisces Aquarius, and I thought, well, doesn't he have the same amount of material on headquarters? But if you think about it, he only has, you told me. He's, well, he's got, you um, told me, you, you just, just may, may be, be the, the one, one. scrounge your girlfriend. And, and that's uh, it. Mm-hmm. Mickey, Mickey once but again by the dominates. Same, but by the same token, if you're talking about taking out uh, I Can't Get Her Off of My Mind, you have Early Morning Blues and Greens to you replace do. it, which is may be the most underrated track on the whole album. It's a beautiful, I mean, I've really grown to appreciate it a lot more. Yes. Somebody was talking about, again, on another Monkeys podcast, how as he grew, or as he grows, you know, when you're 10, a guy talking about how, you know, He's disappointed with a life. Distant light bird, a distant light bird. And the coffee's the sun. disappointing yeah. him. It's like, I don't drink coffee. I'm 10. And then right. it's different when you're 25. It's different when you're 45. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. so, um, and but most that, music should grow like that. But that would, be, that would be what I would do is, is to take out Mr. Webster and take out, um, take out Can't Get Her Off From My Mind and yeah. then put those two songs in there and then go forth with the two singles because I think... And, and I can't help but think nowadays that Screen Gems basically did that on purpose. They said, you want the creative control? It's all right. We'll still screw you. But, I, I mean, that's just one man's opinion. So. Here's an interesting little fill-up about headquarters, and somebody pointed this out, either on another podcast or somewhere. <laughs> it's the summer of 1967. Here's headquarters being kept out of the top spot by a little album called... Sgt. Peppers. Right. So somebody once said, the two top albums vying for the top spot, one is by a group, the Beatles, pretending to be a different group. Mm-hmm. That was the conceit of that album. Yeah. And they felt a little more adventurous under that umbrella. It's, sure. it's the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. What is next to them at the number two slot? A, a, television, sh- a television show about a rock and roll group trying to be a rock right. and roll group. A band desperately wanting to be mm-hmm. a real... You know, something... That, that the four guys who weren't supposed to be this, and yet here they are trying to be this band. Yeah, And they absolutely. were succeeding, don't get me wrong. But it's an interesting... But I, yeah, it. It, it, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic there. But I still, I, I can't help but think, and with le- nobody being around from Screen Gems anymore, um, we might be able to ask Chip at some at one, yeah. some at some point if, if if we ever talk to him. But I just can't help but think that, yeah, Screen Gems said, okay, yep, go ahead, do the music. We'll make sure that it gets buried because, like I say, if they had if they had paid for all of your toys. That would have been the single, and it would have cost. Yeah. You know, I, I could see it easily selling half a million copies, sure, and increasing the album sales by half a million. So, you know, on the strength of the monkeys' momentum alone, yeah, absolutely, point, they could do no wrong. We could, we could sing "Happy Birthday" with a beat and sell it. Donnie, we could sing "Happy Birthday" and sell a million records. <laughs> and Donnie said, "That's a great idea. Let's get in the studio." <laughs> Think today how different everything would be, like. It's always amazed me how Bert and Bob were just like, they were in like another department. Like, whatever you guys want to do, we'll support you. Uh, we just need music for the show. Yeah. Today, everything would be, every I would be dotted, every T would be crossed. There's no way any misunderstanding. The minute Mike starts making noise, they would make him stick to that contract. Yeah. Hotel walls left intact or not. True. You know? Well, it was, like I say, it was a much, di- it, right. it wasn't... It wasn't a they were cha- Well, see, they were, they were changing the way the business was done then because if you... You hear all the stories about Paola. You hear, and, and Mickey has said you had to pay the right people to get your music played. Sure. We totally circumvented that. 
I mean, you've got right. this half-hour commercial for songs and an album mm-hmm. every Monday night. And you had to play it as a DJ and, or a record right. station. That's right, or otherwise your ratings drop. Right. And, can you imagine KHJ, the real Don Steele, not being able to play a Monkees record? It's a bombing 42 degrees. We're going to have a big contest. Win Mike Nesmus used socks. If you can tell me how many times Davy Jones has used the term girl in the song. <laughs> Over to you, Tack Hammer. And Charlie Brown at the airport greeting Paul Revere and the Raiders are coming in for four fabulous concerts. They're right, coming off the tarmac right now. I think you said it, but what, what are your picks if you could go back in time and be in charge for the single off headquarters? It would be, the first single would be All of Your Toys, backed with... Um, Back with, um, <laughs> I ding, just love ding, ding. Um, I'll spend my life with you. There we go. What about a second single? Second single would be "Girl I Knew Somewhere," back with with Pete Sick. And so that's the big head scratcher too. At what point did they know they were going to use for Pete's sake for the closing? Because, because I mean, come on, this is now. It's not just in a monkeys episode. It's now that song. It's it, basically it, that it, it's, prolific it's, and that uh, yeah, that um, visible. I mean, the only other thing I could, the only other single I would consider making the B side rather than for Pete's sake is No Time. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, alternate title, Randy Skowskit, wasn't going to be that, was going to be more popular in the UK because it was more about the right. UK. And it is so unusual. So, yes. My pick would be I know this is kind of, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking and all that and looking back with hindsight. I love You Told Me. I know it's country rock. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's just a wonderful song. That could have been a single backed with the strength of something like Forget That Girl that has Davies push behind it. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and, and You or Told Me. Or vice versa. It'd probably vice versa. You Told Me was a, you told me was a very good song. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, we do have to kind of get Davy in there too. So maybe maybe back it maybe back all your toys with, with Forget That Girl or Early Morning Blues and Greens. Right. Um, it's the same thing you just said with putting, um, uh, oh, um, a little bit me, a little bit you, which was backed with "Girl on You Somewhere." Well, yeah. at least we got the strength of a typical Davy pop number. Well, if I remember correctly, the original, the original backing, the one that Kirshner released in Canada, where she hangs out, was yes, the B side. I'm in trouble. So, so yeah, double Davy. And they fired me for no reason. I don't get it. That's I, why I sued them for thirty-five and a half million dollars. I, I made them a million dollars. Uh, I was great. Mike Nesmith, for some reason, had a problem with me. He, he put fists through walls. I don't know. I, I gave him gold records. I just handed him a million-dollar check. Uh, I would have respected him more if he did. If, if he'd have refused the check. Right. He took the check. Uh, next thing you know, I was fired. I went off and created the Archies. Seventeen billion copies of Sugar Sugar. I guess we know who who was right and all that. <laughs> and the monkeys went where they go. They went into nowhere while the Archies were the biggest thing. This is Don Kirshner. Um, yeah. I need to do This is Casey Kasem thanking you, Don Kirshner, as always. Now, on with the countdown. Okay, have you said enough about Headquarters? I love the album. I love Pisces Aquarius more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into asking where you rank albums, because I think it's really... There's, been a, there's yeah. been a lot of that on uh, one of the groups, and I can't remember if it's Zilch or not. But it comes up every night. People bring it, it back it, up. If, if you were to play, would, would you put Good Times in it? Three, four, or four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that will lead me into another topic for another time yes. about Rhino. So well, that that's another. But great album. I like almost every song on it. One of my big regrets is if you listen to the Monkees' Handmade release, where you hear lots of early run-throughs of these albums and whatnot, these songs. There's a great early run-through of Forget That Girl where they're trying to give it a Supremes Motown mm-hmm. feel. 
And you can still hear it in what they released. But of course now it's more poppy and more... Mm-hmm. That brings up something. And there are a couple of non-songs that, uh, that didn't get, ever get finished. Or the history of rock and roll. Right. Um, but the one that got me, I don't know if it was a jam session, but it started off with a lot of echo, and it's the it's the piano going bim 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 bim, and then they start Fever? playing the yeah, they start playing the bass, and then Mickey comes in, tries to kid, and then loses it. Right. I mean, that I, I I enjoyed that. I mean, I would have liked to see where that could have gone, and I can't and I don't have the listing in front of me, so I can't remember what it was. They did one called Fever, which is mm-hmm. actually on my iPod. I love it so much, mm-hmm. which is more of a bluesy mm-hmm. type thing, and then there's um a few others. But that that heart, was it the 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 story of rock and roll? Right. That would have been interesting to see where that went. But, right. but yeah, oh, yeah, it's but headquarters is a great garage band album. Always yeah. will be. Yeah. Always be one of the best. Like Peter says, it's a little tinny here mm-hmm. and there, but it's a young. Well, when you eager. consider they were doing four tracks, you know, right. they only had four tracks, and they sure. had to try. You know, but love love the album um, never been a real fan of the front cover love the back cover mm-hmm. I remember getting it in the early 80s getting headquarters finally from uh, a guy that had the, the albums not in great shape I was happy to have them mm-hmm. and actually looking on the back and even like yelling out to my mom they're playing their instruments on the back cover you know now, like did you get one with or without the beard photo? no beards because I didn't even know the history of it I just thought mm-hmm. you know here's a monkey's album that's not a greatest hits which is you know what we all had back then mm-hmm and um, it was just interesting to see. Oh, oh, by the way, they're actually playing on um, this album. They mm-hmm. have a little liner note about it. And now the Mick, front, Mickey. right? Now the front cover is very, uh, you know, a little too bubble gum and sunshine. Of course for it me, is, but, but uh, you know, I'm sure Screen Gems had something to do yeah, with that. So. It might as well just them waving in front of a mm-hmm. backdrop. But at anyway. least it's not the J.C. Penny clothing. Uh, I kind of like more of the Monkeys. Uh, <laughs> the cover better. I like the Monkeys uh, debut album cover. Mm-hmm. All right, so that concludes our discussion of what we would do with headquarters. So feel free to comment. That didn't sound right. Let me tell you what you can do with that album, buddy. (laughs) Feel free to comment on the on the Facebook page. We it's like say people don't tell us how well we're doing, so we don't know whether we're being an abject failure or we're rocking their worlds. People aren't sending you. You're not getting mail with money and and naked pictures and marriage proposals. And it's just me. It's just you. Oh well. Uh, Boy. Oh boy. All right. Now, as as is always. Why do you think I'm doing this? For the notoriety, that's what it is. You oh, want to be right. famous. Want to be rich and famous. That's a Davy song from the 70s, wasn't it? All right, so, you, so we can have Robin Leach do the lifestyles of the rich and famous live and direct from North Carolina with Al, Mr. Schneider, Big League. All right. These two podcasters broadcast in luxury. <laughs> I can't do them as well as you. No, you can't, so <laughs> don't even try. Jolly good show. Now, uh, yes, on to to my favorite portion is uh, Al's remix. Ooh. And this is this is one of my favorite songs. I really, I've always been a fan of the television show version. It took a long time for me to um, to come around to warm up to the headquarters version because I've always loved the double bass and I've always loved the guitar on the TV version. And I have to be honest, this is petty, I know, but the way that Mike sang the phrase "You just may be the one" on the TV version versus the headquarters, I went. Mike, that's not the way it's sung. And you just may be the one. Yeah, yeah so uh, I understand. If I remember correctly, you've combined both of those versions on this remix. I've combined everything I own into this remix. Every song ever recorded. No, this is uh, a remix I did a few years ago of You Just May Be the One because I also like 
I think the TV version shades out the headquarters version just a bit, and I do like the headquarters version now. I think it's it's unique on its own. I I, I actually like the double bass in, in the TV yeah, because when you listen, it's it's great when you listen to um, when you listen to the monkey the the, the deluxe version of the first album, and you hear uh, you hear them recording the the backing track for the first mm-hmm. time. That was when I finally wait, wait a minute, and I read in Andrew's book that there was two bases. Oh, okay, well that would explain it, you know, because it's like. And what, what, did I know what recently came out to me recent, but something recently came out where you hear Mike conducting that session, mm-hmm. and he's trying to explain, you know, stretch that note. Yeah. Oh, you got it, you got it. You guys, you guys need a couple minutes. Right, let's to work do that a take. Out. No, that's right. Let's roll. Y'all need some time alone. We're rolling here. Time is money. Um, what I do is I took the TV version and I tried to uh, play with the bass a little bit. It's, it's doubled, it's extended. You hear it come back in the song at inappropriate moments. No, I, hopefully appropriate moments. I, um, because I, I love that bass line and, and it works throughout the song. Now, I also lengthen the song by adding another go around with the, uh, the middle bridge there, which I think is both this version and the headquarters version have wonderful, wonderful uh, harmonies. I've always loved that. So once again, when I added that to the second part, uh, later in the song, I've added hand claps. There's added cowbell, drumming. We need more cowbell. Everything's better with more cowbell, I always say. And I think I just strengthened the bass uh, everywhere in the song. I just um, uh, brought that to the forefront and just had fun with it. And um, really liked it. I I grew up thinking we never have some of these TV-only songs. Uh, in stereo, uh, on, on record or compact disc, or uh, you know. uh, like l- like the original Valerie, right? Or the original "I'll Be Back Up on My Feet," which we still don't have as an official stereo release, if you remember. True, but right uh, again, that, again, that's another discussion for another time. Right. Because you, you and I, like you, and I you and I differ on that one. He's, I see the veins, and you're turning a little green. Any excuse to break out my Hulk music and my. Uh, Wait, that that music. Oh, you're going way back. I don't remember those 60s things. Um, Why I'm on this podcast now. So here it is. Here's my remix of You Just May Be The One. Not You May Just Be The One. Wait a minute. I gotta give it the real Don Steele. KHJ, 96 KHJ. This is the latest Al Bigley remix of You Just May Be The One by the Monkees. 93 KHJ.
That right there, the you just may be the one. That may be one of my favorite remixes because I play it all the time. I you've given oh. you've been, I play it all the time. It's one of my favorites because I just love the bass on it. Go because if I, you've taken the bass off that where John right. London is practicing. So now we hope you all enjoyed the uh, three little fitties. Uh, surprise last time and if you haven't listened that's in our that's in the third podcast another callback there's still Mm -hmm. time to uh, listen and enjoy that was Mickey Dolan's in a rare performance from 2000 yep in Columbia South Carolina him and Coco Mm -hmm. singing a song performing a song from their childhood yep so this week uh, we're going to move up to 1980 no 2000 I take that back 2000 2000 Um, Davey was on the road uh, plugging his book. Uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, the. I don't think it was. They made a monkey out of me. I think it was the third one that he wrote. Not mutant monkey machine. Uh, No, the one after that because he wrote Daydream Believers. I think is what. Yeah, Daydream Believers, which really is a revised made a monkey out of me. If I'm not incorrect, Mm -hmm. but yes, it's hard to keep up because he kept coming out with different incarnations of those books. Yeah, and he uh, was in an appearance in Nashville, Tennessee, and appeared on a program called Through the Mixing Board. Um, they talk a little bit about everything. And then Davey drops this little jewel on us that he has uh, redone Daydream Believer for a movie featuring a Spice Girls-like group from Liver- girl group from Liverpool. Now, My favorite f- was always Baby Spice. Yep. I was, I was more of a... I was more Don't of let a, me guess. Ginger. Yes. I'd say, I, I know you too Spice. well. Yes. I know you too well. A couple of reasons why, but that's another story. A couple of reasons. <laughs> Go but, look at uh, those legs. Uh, but... Um, you're not then, looking at her legs. This remix is quite eye cat, uh, quite ear catching. If you have never heard this before, um, it is available through the um, through the Grateful Dead like uh, recording sharing system that we have here as Monkeys fans. Oh boy, do we! But um, this is uh, this is unlike any Monkeys remix I've ever heard, including Walk This Way, the the Run DMC version. So um, I'm not walked this way. Uh, Mary, Mary. I'm sorry. I was about to say, like, what? That's a monkey song. I, Where have I been? Brain fade. I missed that memo. Uh, the brain, the brain freeze is still not stopped. Can you imagine Steven Tyler teaming up with Mike Nesmith? Walk this way. Well, he actually did a country album earlier in the year, that's, I believe. That's true. So, but uh, this is a typical Europop 2000 rehash. Put yourself remix. in that. Mind frame. Put yourself in that mindset because if you don't, you're going to look and go, what? You're going to go, hang, I'll hang you. What the hell? That's and pretty good. Like, yeah, like, Thank you there, Boomhauer. Bobby, if you weren't my own son, I'd hug you. Just come out this monkey saying all this monkey stuff coming out of Mike and the green hat and the whole thing. Now you just may be the one I'm listening to. It. I'm going, yep. All right, yep, Boomhauer. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but again, this is from taken from the uh, radio program in Nashville, Tennessee called uh, Through the Mixing Board. And this is Davy Jones, Daydream Believer 2000. Sweep uh, Japan as well as the rest of the world in the next few months. Cheer up, 
they used to say on the old hee-haw show wouldn't that button your zipper that is i i i it's it's different but i think it's really cool i I like i I like a lot of the stuff about the song after listening to it a part of me has died and yet a part of me feels reborn two three four Uh, what makes you think that was a joke i okay i feel you feel remixed strangely renewed okay like uh well We'll leave it out there for them. And I said, if you've never heard this before, drop us a note on the Facebook page. Tell us what you think. 
Um, I, I, I give it, I, I give it a B plus. I will refrain from any grade. I'm not sure. I, I think I need to listen to it a little bit more and digest, mm-hmm. even though I've had it for years well, I like, in my collection. I also like the fact that he in- integrated the girl group, and I forget what the name of the group is, but uh, but he, incur- he incorporated the girls in the group in it to sing along uh, as backup. Yeah, well, if nothing else, it's interesting. It's something most fans haven't heard. We like to bring you rare treats like that. We have tons of them. We have a lot of treats coming up in future episodes, so keep listening. Yes, I've done a lot of digging. I've done a lot of culling. There's that word again, four straight episodes. Culling. <laughs> you see, you learn and your vocabulary grows with that's these right. monkeys podcasts that we do. And we that's that's one of the things I wanted to do was to kind of separate us from others, is to play these unique things. I mean, I have, um, there's a, a Mickey Dolan single that I don't, I've never heard before. I don't think it was on Ian's 7A uh, MGM stuff. And we've got a lot of concert stuff that people have never heard before, and I'm I'm still working on uh, I'm still working on the Nez '91 Atlanta show. Wonderful. Was that '92? So, no, it was '91, '92. I don't remember. Yeah, I think '92. But yeah, it was. Uh, I was drawing from Marvel back then. There was there there are some there's some really great stuff on there. I mean, um, oh, very good. So and I I'm working on it. It's actually I'm working on the version of Tomorrow and Me. We actually have two versions of Tomorrow. This one and. Uh, the one from the movies of the mind, if you've never heard. I mean, I the first time I heard that uh, that Tomorrow and Me from the movie, because that's always been one of my favorite Nez solo songs. He never responded, but I sent him two paragraphs uh, uh, to on his Facebook in his Facebook inbox, and it was just it was just wow. Hmm. So, but yeah, we've got a lot of very interesting stuff coming up. I promise. Yes, we do. So hang tight. Well, that just about wraps up another laugh-filled riot episode this week of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys podcast. That's <gasps> a mouthful, isn't it? It is. But that's you what Davy said when he met that girl group. But I've got I've got this atomic power diaphragm, so you know I can power it out anytime I want. To. Speaking of atomic powered, I want to hear more of your Adam West. I cannot get enough of your attempts at TV's Batman. TV's uh, oh lord, uh, I'll work. I promise I'll work on that <gasps> next time for you. Just to... I was expecting. An impression today. Well, see, it's it's just that I'm basically parodying you, parodying Adam in this. Well, they record. say that all the guys do Shatner. They're doing. Oh, you mean like William Shatner? Pause for no reason. Uh, that's that's the Kevin Pollock. That's pause. it. Pause. Everyone's doing Kevin Everybody's Pollock doing William Shatner. But uh, I'll do your I'll, I'll do your Adam list. I promise. I'll work on it a little. You, bit. You must sound like David Brinkley on sedatives or something. It's, it's, I'm just you mean David Brinkley? These people do not want to hear me do stupid impressions, Mister. Bentley Brewster. I watch your newscast every night, Mr. Brinkley, for news on any dastardly criminals. Good night, Chet. Good night, David. And good night for NBC News. All right, that's good. We want to thank the usual suspects. We want to thank Ken Mills for his help. You don't even know the amount of help that the Podfather has lent to this. Especially from the technical side because of the fact this is, as I said, this is only our fourth podcast. You know, we're, we're still learning. Al is the driving force behind the technical side of it. And I, I basically just prop a few things into Adobe Audition every now and then. And He's selling himself short, ladies and gentlemen. He does so I am standing more. up. I'll, but no, Ken Mills, the Zilch podcast people, if you haven't heard their podcast, go, uh, Absolutely. go, go right now and listen. Although, do me a favor. Uh, at, the end of the, at the end of his podcast, he plays commercials. Tell them you want to hear the funny commercial that we did. Right, we He did. hasn't played that yet, and it's really pretty funny. We did a funny commercial and a so-called straight commercial, mm-hmm. and uh, both are wonderful. But no, it, it's a great podcast. We want to thank uh, 
I think all the great authors out there, Melanie, uh, Melanie Mitchell. If you uh, haven't Andrew read Sandoval. her Monkey's Magic book, or Monkey Magic, mm-hmm. I got it at the convention in 2014 and read it before even landing uh, on the plane ride home. It's a wonderful book. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about her, she's fairly a new fan. So she brings a new perspective to the monkeys and the show mm-hmm. in a way that makes you think, I never noticed that. And I couldn't notice mm-hmm. that because I didn't think there was anything right there to look for. Well, it's funny, and, and, I, and I feel bad because she sent us a copy of the script from the pilot when we talked about it, and I have not had a chance to look at it yet. And I also have, it's funny you mention it, I've got a few scripts I've won on eBay that I want to do a script to screen comparison of. Mm-hmm. I think, um, gosh, I can't remember what it is. It's more of a middle, like Monkey Mayor in that mm-hmm. period, that yeah. middle period, but mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And we want to thank uh, the monkeys themselves. We want to thank Rhino Records. I want to thank Andrew Sandoval, our godfather, mm-hmm. because if it weren't for him, we wouldn't know half the stuff we know today. I'd like to thank uh, Mary Ellen and John Boy and Grandpa and Grandma. Uh, I'd like to thank Jack, Chrissy, and Janet. Well, I bet you would. <laughs> no, seriously. Good night, uh, John Boy. <laughs> Good night, Mary Ellen. Uh, we want to direct you guys, uh, let you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, the main f- way is our Facebook page, the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast page. It's easy to find. Uh, you guys have been great. Uh, we have 253 likes so far, but we want to increase that, so that's why we're, we're, we're begging you. No, again, we're not begging you. Uh, you can also find us on blogspot.com. Uh, search Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. I also want to plug my, my partner's uh, website, albigley.com. A comic book artist extraordinaire has some original work on there. Has some great things. If you're into comic books as well, check it out. You won't be disappointed. Thank you. And also, uh, don't forget the YouTube channel. Uh, search Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. There's our original, uh, our original Hello video, and then the 18 minutes of the pot hour and 15 minute podcast that you put the pictures. Which right. when you told me how that went, I went. Whoa, wait a minute. Uh, we're going to have to rethink this a little bit. Uh, check it out. Tell us what you think. If you'd like to see us do something like that, let us know. Please, we'd like to hear. Uh, the feedback has been positive to a certain extent, but it's, it's been a little bit sparse. So we welcome your feedback. Just either send us a message. We're very good about responding on the Facebook page. Or just drop us a post there, and we will get back to you as soon as possible. And we welcome all uh, constructive criticism. That's right. And any criticism whatsoever. If you want to hear something, if you'd like to hear less of something... I won't take it personally. I know what you're saying. All right. If you want to hear less of the impressions, just tell me and I'll stop. Can you tell that really Adam West is my only impression? He's my go-to impression, boy wonder. <sighs> sorry, the brain is on. Uh, I'm sorry. I've got the seven-second radio de- brain delay on. So yeah. I didn't say anything uh, uh, obscene, no, but no, it's for just, once I didn't say anything that's, obscene. That's citizen. That's that's how my brain works. It's Chances a, are. Da, 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 Johnny Mathis. I thought you were doing Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, thanks everyone. And t- seriously, let us know. Let us know if uh, the podcasts are too long, if they're too short, if you want to hear more of this, less of that. If you hate the remixes, we can take it. We're adults. I, I usually don't cry. I, well, if I we, do, it's we put five on our minutes. We put on our monkeys under rouge just like everybody else does. And if I do cry, what? It's five minutes maybe? Six minutes tops. And you need to clean your tear ducts out every now and then. I anyway. know. It's, it's healthy, they say. All right, this podcast was intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion staff. 
of Al and Alan. License under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivations, 3.0, board of license. Um, I have intellectual property. Yes. People have been telling yes. me I'm, been, I'm a dumbass for years. I don't know where this intellectual property comes from. I don't, I, you don't have much more, but you have some intellectual property. All right. All the contents and names are copyrighted and trademarked by respective holders. Which means they belong to their owners. We don't have any control of them. We don't own any of this stuff. We're just sharing it. If we need to take something down, tell us. We'll remove it. You know, Please thanks. and thank you. Yes, thank you. We're happy to do that. We only talk about this stuff, and we present little tidbits for your entertainment and enjoyment. No money is made. No money changes hands. I was only joking about the amount of money and uh, naked pictures I get through the mail from fans. Well, the money doesn't come in. Of fans, by fans, for fans. Thank you. See how he puts everything in a nice little nutshell, nice little... Uh, little uh, bundle. That's right. And as always, this is Alan Bentley Brewster Williams. And this is Al Bigley, known locally as Brewster Bentley, saying, reminding you to save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Here we come. Walk down the street. Get funniest thing.